0: But first, it's been a busy week for Mayor Johnson and the City Council. From raising wages for restaurant workers to raising revenue for the unhoused, Johnson is pushing forward his progressive campaign pledges and priorities. So here to walk us through what's been happening in City Hall are WBEZ City Government reporters, Tessa Weinberg and Mariah Wolfel. Welcome back.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: So the mayor was busy introducing quite a few initiatives over the last few days. I know you were both at City Hall last Thursday. What was the vibe like, Mariah?
1: Um yeah, so I mean, two things kind of going on at once. There's there's a there's an energetic vibe at city council meetings these days. And I think it's because there is, you know, a a group of public commenters and speakers who come um whenever something about the migrant crisis is being voted on. Um And so you may have heard the meeting start with some shouting, some booing of alder people. And that's coming from, you know, a group of of public commenters who are disappointed and upset that resources are being spent on new arrivals. And, you know, we've talked about this dynamic on the show multiple times. Um, So you get a little bit of that every city council meeting. But yeah, this was a big kind of momentous day for progressives in the city council because They've, they either advanced existing proposals or introduced new ones that align with Johnson's progressive priorities. And so, you know, I think we were on the show a few weeks ago for Johnson's 100 Days, That's where right. we said, you know, not not much legislatively has has taken root yet, but we're starting to see those things kind of get off starting the ground ramp and bear out. Okay, so, so
0: let, yeah. let's make our way through some of these different plans then that uh, were introduced. So let's start with one that affects everybody, Mariah. That's the the compromise that they reached yesterday on restaurant wages for tipped workers.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, Johnson's floor leader, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa, and freshman Alderperson um, Alderperson Fuentes want to are pushing this proposal that would quote, get rid of the sub minimum wage um, that they think tipped maker workers make in Chicago it's around nine dollars compared to 15 mm-hmm. um, you know the argument for that is well you know workers get money off of tips but many people say that puts tipped workers in a desperate position where they would accept things that a minimum wage wor- worker otherwise wouldn't in order to you know secure more money to make a living um, and so this proposal would the, Johnson has reached a compromise on the proposal um, with, you know, critics, and it would phase in getting tipped workers to the minimum wage in the next five years. So, you know, the minimum wage for large employees increases with inflation each year. And so by 2028, tipped workers would be paid what every other minimum wage They'll worker catch up. works. The
0: Illinois Illinois Restaurant Workers Association uh, proposed an alternate plan. Uh, It only applied to restaurants with more than $3 million in annual revenue, but it got shot down.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, Fran Spielman of the Chicago Sun-Times had a good story this morning that kind of said the Illinois Restaurant Association was pushing that, where, you know— tipped workers at restaurants with more than three million dollars in annual revenue would get twenty dollars um um per hour under this proposal that the ira wanted to push but that mayor brandon johnson was kind of you know open to some sort of compromise but that that compromise was dead on arrival that how is that fair to everybody else right yeah it doesn't work in a restaurant or yeah a massive restaurant right i mean it's there's there are many many you know small businesses and the Illinois Restaurant Association was pushing for that because they are concerned about how this you know this increase will affect small business owners who are already facing the bur- the the, the effects of inflation. You know, we've all seen, you know, food items on mm-hmm. menus that we know well increasing um, in cost to the yeah. customer. And so um, the Illinois Restaurant Association said the original plan was to phase this in in the first two years. Um, but this will be phased in now over five years if it pa- passes city council, that is. It still has multiple votes of, to go to. Yeah. And Illinois Restaurant Association Sam Toya, who who is a political pragmatist and, and works well with Mayors, you know, as long as I've been covering the beat, said, you know, kudos to Mayor Johnson for coming to the table, for communicating with us. He had the votes to, this is, you know, according to them, he had the votes to pass his two year plan, but he heard our concerns. And this will give small businesses a little bit longer to build this cost increase into their budgets. Yeah. Any, Any thoughts there, Tessa? I mean, do you think that, you know, this could result in
0: restaurant goers wanting to tip less?
2: You know, I don't know. I think we've seen some of our you know, restaurants in my neighborhood are already adding, you know, service surcharges. I think that's kind of been like a post pandemic yeah. thing. Yeah. And so I'd be curious if, if restaurants are seeing changes and how people are tipping based on that. Um and part of the you know, the way the law is written is that Um, Tip workers, you know, their employers are supposed to make up the difference. If their tips didn't bring them up to, you know, the $15 minimum wage, they're supposed to be making up that difference, but that, you know, that's maybe not always happening or puts workers in, you know, vulnerable positions to maybe get exploited. Um, So, yeah, I think we'd have to see if, you know, this changes restaurant goers' behaviors, though, too.
0: So why don't we move on then to another uh, one of Johnson's progressive plans, uh, the Bring Chicago Home Ordinance. What's the latest on that?
2: Yeah, so it was uh, introduced last week at City Council. And this was, um, you know, a a campaign that under Mayor Lloyd Lightfoot, you know, supporters couldn't even get a, a committee hearing on. And now we saw it, you know. Uh, put forward. And this is, um, you know, kind of a a compromised version of the plan um, where now it would be a marginal uh, tiered tax increase on uh, the portion of properties that are valued over a million dollars. And then for the portion of the property that's under a million, it'd actually be a tax cut, um, which we didn't see in the original proposal that Mm, had only called for increasing the tax. And all this revenue would go towards funding homelessness prevention.
1: Yeah. And this, you know, this is a the piece that was introduced last week is a resolution that would put that question on the ballot to voters in the March primary election next year. And so if this passes, you know, Tess and I will be covering another election campaign um, in the fight over whether or not uh, in the fight for voters hearts, basically. Yeah. Hearts and minds about whether the city should pass this and then Beyond that, it would have to go back to the city council for aldermen to actually, you know, um, pass the policy itself. So voters would be asked to authorize the city council to increase this real estate transfer tax Mm. on higher valued properties. And then they'd have to go back.
0: Yeah. the, The Chicago Association of Realtors ramped up their opposition. To the tax,
2: right? Yeah. So the Illinois Association of Realtors said they, you know, were behind postcards that were sent out to homeowners, basically, you know, in all capital letters, saying your taxes are going up. Reach out to, you know, the mayor and city council members to say you don't want your protect your investment. Yeah, now. you don't want your taxes increasing. Okay, the fear is in me. I get yeah. It. And so important to note, like Mariah said, you know, the proposal, you know, still needs to be passed within city council this resolution, then to even go on the ballot before voters, and so we're not at that point yet. Um, but uh, it seems like all sides are kind of starting to already ramp up for you know what they want to see the outcome be,
1: and I'm sure th- there will be misinformation and confusion around all of this. But we've stuff. got you two to
0: help clear it all <laughs> we'll up. Just come, keep talking about it. Every, <laughs> You'll yeah. just keep coming on every Tuesday. <laughs> All right, Mariah. So another pledge from Johnson trying to, you know, live up to it's this environmental justice stuff, right? Yesterday he unveiled new policies trying to tackle what's being called environmental racism. Give us details there.
1: Yeah. So this is an impact assessment that I would say basically confirmed what many people have known for a very long time, which is that environmental pollution affects communities on the south and west sides more than it does on the north side um and, and you know, east side and northwest side. Um and so this is, you know, it 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 also, you know, comes after um, you know, the federal government in 2022 ruled that Chicago violates the civil rights of Black and Brown residents by allowing polluters to to operate on the South and West sides more. And it, I mean, this whole conversation has been prompted by advocacy around and activism against the move from formerly what was known as General Iron from the North Side mm-hmm. to the Southwest side of the city or Southeast side of the city. And so, um this is a big plan with many recommendations that Johnson came out with yesterday. It's been 15 months in the making started under mayor Lori Lightfoot. Um, and you know, it, it, One has some recommendations for things the city can do now without law changes Mm -hmm. to protect South and West Side residents from environmental racism, including things like expanding the 311 system for people to be able to complain about um, truck polluters. And, you know, then it it also goes into um, a proposal to change city law and zoning requirements That would make it harder for polluters to move to the south and west sides Mm. without considering or answering for the environmental impacts of their operations. And and all of this so that neighborhood residents can have air that is safe to breathe. Right, right. So simple it sounds, right? Yeah. So... Chicago
0: City Council also dealt with gentrification near the site of the uh, Obama Presidential Center. Tessa, what's the latest on that?
2: Yeah, so that was also something that was introduced last week at City Council. Uh, you know, several years ago, organizers were able to um, pass an ordinance that put in some protections for a Woodlawn residents. And so this one's a much more sweeping proposal um, for South Shore residents who, you know, fear being displaced, have fears of gentrification. In the area, South Shore has had um, the zip code that encompasses most of South Shore has had the most evictions in Cook County since 2019. Mm. Um, And and several people who, you know, spoke in support of the ordinance stressed that, you know, they're happy to see the presidential center coming to the neighborhood, but that they want to make sure longtime residents can, you know, still be a part of the community and aren't going to get um, pushed out because of that. And the ordinance. It does lots of things, including, uh, you know, reserving vacant city lots for affordable housing developments, um, providing property tax relief, um, piloting piloting an office to advocate for tenants' rights. Okay. It would establish multiple millions of dollars funds um, to go go towards, uh, you know, supporting this goal um, that residents aren't displaced. And um, so we'll have to see how that progresses. You know, the Obama Foundation in a statement had said that uh, while they you know, long-term residents should have tools and policies to let them stay in the neighborhood, um, that at the same time they want to see property owners, you know, who have had these homes for generations be able to, you know, realize gains on those assets. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, they noted that that's often a family's, you know, greatest path to wealth creation. And so we're kind of noting that side as well.
0: As they should. Yeah. Well, uh, tell me about this, Mariah. Uh, Mayor Johnson, I'm hearing, issued an apology at one point. What was that all about?
1: This was in his post city council press conference and he was asked about something else the city council had passed that day which was a 25 million dollar settlement um to to resolve two lawsuits brought by men who spent a combined 34 years in prison after you know being exonerated of killing a basketball star in the 90s and so Um, He was asked, you know, how can taxpayers be asked again and again to something along these lines to approve, you know, millions and millions uh, of dollars in settlements for police misconduct and wrongful convictions? Um, And the mayor answered, you know... I apologize to to the families who are the victims and the men, mostly black and brown men, mostly black men, who have been victims of police brutality and wrongful convictions. I see, and so hmm. it's part of yeah, a lot, la- a large, a larger issue. Of oh, for sure. Having to balance, you know, paying for the for the historic wrongdoing of the Chicago Police Department. How, how much is their time worth, right? Yeah and and yeah exactly right and and writing those wrongs um while also continuing to ask taxpayers to pay for you know police police wrongdoing and and wrongful convictions. Yeah. Well did the mayor introduce
0: any other pieces of legislation that were you know tied to his priorities that we should know about?
1: So the we are starting to see some movement on the mayor's treatment not trauma priority which um you know in part would Um, replace police officers with mental health care providers completely to respond to mental health crises, as well as reopen the city's shuttered mental health clinics for a public space for people in crisis to be brought to and treated. And um, he introduced uh, a proposal that will start a working group to develop that legislation. And so we're going to start to see either in his budget or in the coming months, um, some movement on that proposal, I believe.
0: So what are you folks looking out for in addition over the next week? Because your plates are full, I know.
1: <laughs> well, next Monday is, I think we were on here like two or three weeks ago, and I said next Monday or, you know, in the f- next few days, we're going to um, see a committee vote on the confirmation of interim or, you know, Johnson's police chief pick Larry Snelling. That is finally happening on Monday. It was delayed because um, the alderman who chairs the police and fire committee wanted to see the community commission process play out. And so Snelling did get, you know, the community hearing on his appointment. And now he's moving into a committee vote on Monday. And then potentially a full vote when the city council meets in October. I see. So we're finally moving on that. What
2: about you, Tessa? Yeah, the, um, you know, Committee on Immigrant and Refugee Rights is also slated to meet. And so I'm sure, you know, we'll have lots of questions from persons about pressing for more details on the mayor's uh, plan for these, you know, winterized, you know, base camps and kind of tent structures to, to house uh, asylum seekers in. And so I think that'll be interesting hearing to see who testifies and, you know, what more details we can glean.
0: That was WBEZ City Government reporters Tessa Weinberg and Mariah Wolfel giving us the latest on what has been happening at City Hall. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Good to see you.